Welcome to the Hail to the District podcast with your host, Rajan Nanavati. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Hail to the District podcast. Uh, this is Rajan. I'm flying solo this week, considering Pat was attending this afternoon's debacle in the form of the game against the Buffalo Bills today, which the Washington Commanders obviously lost by a disgusting 37-3 score. I don't really have much other things to say about it, considering it was just a completely lopsided affair, at least at the end of the game, which ended up obviously being a laugher of a contest. You know, it wasn't really as... Part of me says it's not really as bad as the final score makes it out to be, but I'm going to dive much more about much more into that in a minute. I think the big thing is to start, or the big area to start with, is that, you know, against the, after the win against Denver, Ron Rivera called this a measuring stick game. And needless to say, we didn't measure up. And that's saying the least, in fact. You know, the final score will tell you who you are or, you know, what you are as a football team. Now, as I alluded to, I think there's some merit in examining the nuance of what actually happening in this in this game at a deeper level, even if it was a certified ass-kicking, the nature of which we've unfortunately been accustomed to. But, you know, it was just a lot of the same of what we've seen this season. There were slow starts. There was the inability to finish in the red zone. There was a lot of you know, self-inflicted wounds. There was some of the red flags, as Ben Standig alluded to in his post-game article, the red flags, which got covered up by the initial two wins this season, kind of really manifested themselves. I think taking a step back, one of the things that we should have seen coming was the fact that there was a lot of Washington pulls of this upset off buzz in the sports pundit world and the pregame shows heading into this weekend, which should have been, again, a warning. It was really disconcerting given that this team has a long history of bad things happening when the hype train rolls into town. But that notwithstanding, I think this ass-kicking today that we sustained was really frustrating for a few reasons. The first of which was that this wasn't the case of like prime University of Alabama or prime University of Georgia playing some sacrificial lamb on their early schedule. For, I would say, two and a half, three quarters, Washington moved the ball and threatened the Bills' defense on multiple occasions. It's just in those handful of plays that decide every single NFL game, we totally failed in our execution. You know, the bottom line is... With a team that doesn't quite have the talent and doesn't have the supreme quarterback that Buffalo has, Washington had to play a mistake-free, mistake-free game rather to beat Buffalo. And needless to say, again, it was the literal 180-degree diametric opposite of that what took place today. Buffalo left the door cracked open for us to come back in the first three quarters of the game, and then the offense basically proceeded to fill out a bingo card of ways to squander all those chances. So... I want to first tip my hat to Buffalo because let's not forget at the end of the day, this is still one of the three best teams in the AFC and one of the four or five best teams in the NFL. Uh, We were talking about this on my group thread with my friends. Uh, The next week's game against Miami, considering Miami just put up a 70 burger on those Denver Broncos, uh, that's like a super heavyweight $200 pay-per-view type of event. I mean, it's just an incredible matchup and it's going to be great to watch. But going back to the Bills, what they did today, there's a few things. Uh, first and foremost, they made mincemeat of our uh, supposed improvements on third down. Like they had that stat that, you know, we only allowed four fourth down conversions some amount of time and Buffalo had like five in the first half. A comical rather. I mean, we starting from early on in the game, we just couldn't get them off the field and just manifested over and over and over again. And I think that really just goes back to Josh Allen. Josh Allen is just, he's just incredible. There's no other way to put it. He is literally 
I jokingly call him majestic in his destructive ability. And the thing about him is that like his lack of conscience in making those tight window throws, not only does it demoralize teams, as I've talked about, and the fact that like when you can't get a guy off the field in third and eight and third and long, it's just it breaks the will of a defense. But it we saw that today. He was just lasering. I mean, there were times when Buffalo's receivers were wide open, but they were just lasering these throws into some of the most tightest windows, and you know, we just couldn't do anything about us. He wasn't really worried about facing pressure from us. In fact, as we got pressure on him many times, he thrives in that chaos. He that's When he's improvising, that's when he's at his best. When he's rolling out of the pocket and delivering strikes across his body 40 yards downfield, like that's when he's really his most dangerous. And then there's the fact of his mobility. I mean, tackling him is trying to like bring down an angry rhino. That's just the way he runs. He, he, like I said, he carved us up on third down multiple times from the get-go, and he set the tone for the day. I will say, I mean, this is just nitpicking, or this might be uh, rearranging the, de- the deck chairs on the Titanic. Pat alluded to this in our podcast last week, and I think it was really, really surprising when you go back and kind of think about the outcome of this game. The fact that there was no designated spy for Allen, particularly in the form of Jamin Davis, I think it's surprising because coming off of what we did to Russell Wilson last week, the athleticism that someone like Jamin Davis possesses, you would think given the chunk yardage that Allen was able to pick up today, we would have had somebody to kind of be the counter for that. But you know, at the end of the day, I don't really know if it would have mattered. In fact, I can guarantee it probably wouldn't have mattered given the fact of what our offense played like today. Um, and I think to that end, I wanted to give the Davis comment notwithstanding the defense some level of props that can be given for a game in which the opponent scored 37 points. But that being said, entering the fourth quarter, the defense had given up three points off of turnovers and three more points off of the failed fourth down attempt in the red zone. So the bottom line is they held Buffalo to six points off of multiple turnovers and only one touchdown overall. And that touchdown really came after Buffalo started deep in Washington territory after that punt return plus extra penalty they got. And it was just that one play shot that they had to game to, uh, to uh, Gabe Davis. You know, they had Buffalo actually, excuse me, Washington's def- defense actually gave the team multiple opportunities, as it's done the past two games, to get back into today's contest. I mean, think about Fuller coming up with the interception after Howell throws that interception on the opening drive of the second half, the one that he throws in the end zone. That drive, or the subsequent ensuing Buffalo drive, that ends with Fuller coming up with that interception. And then there was that play, I think it was around midfield, I can't remember exactly, but Duran Payne deflects that pass on fourth and one. Deron Payne, again, just continuing to look like the best player on this entire Washington team. Uh, He deflects that fourth and one pass right at the beginning of the fourth quarter, and I believe the ensuing play was the Antonio Gibson fumble, which we'll talk about more. But all in all, every time Washington's defense did something, or every time this team this game team was about to make a play to get themselves back in the game, you know, we found a way to piss it right back and give it right back to Buffalo. And I think that's probably a relatively natural segue to Sam Howell. Now, it's ironic in a very Washington way for us to have this conversation one week after Pat and I, not even a week, it's a few days rather, of Pat and I gushing about how how Sam Howell is him and he's, his middle name is Himothy and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, only to be followed in such typical Washington football fan fashion to have that first real kick in the dick type of game from Howell. Um, to be more uh, eloquent about it, this was our first official young quarterback growing pains And um, we got to delay that Growing Pains game for a little while 
and unfortunately today we had to pay with interest. There's just no other way about it. Uh, teams are clearly keying on the fact that, as we've said all along, even amidst all the good things, he's holding the ball too long. He does have a little bit of a habit of staring down his guys. Um, it's not that bad. It's not, he's not egregious about it, but it does happen, and, and teams are starting to key on it. You know, Starting from the first drive, he had that sack on first and 10. And I think it was in the Buffalo 25. It was just him holding the ball too long. As a quick aside, I was just reading something. I think it was in the aforementioned Ben Standig article on The Athletic. Washington has surrendered, I think it's 19 sacks through three games, which is the most of any team in almost two decades. In fact, if I'm not mistaken, it's the most of any team in the NFL since the 2005 Houston Texans, which I believe is David Carr, not even Derek Carr. It's the David Carr Texans, which that guy got his brain beat in for the first three years or two years or whatever of that franchise's existence. So that's not good company to be in but that's where we are right now again it's not all on the offensive line even though Andrew Wiley is a hot steaming pile of garbage and again his inabilities or incompetence manifested themselves and manifested itself rather in a few ways but that's just something we're going to have to get used to Charles Leno is a below average tackle and Andrew Wiley is about 10 steps worse than that but you know, that's nothing's going to change. There's no point in bitching about it. But on back to that first drive, you know, there was the sack that Howell took, and then there was the second and 18 right after that. And then there was this busted RPO that went for, um, that went for like a lost yard or whatever. And then the next play was his interception. It was ironically that fall away catch by Terrell Bernard, who everybody was salivating over because we are, of course, even in the new regime, the get right team for any opposing opponent or we make you know regular players and opposing teams look like superstars but um bernard had that fall away interception that looked eerily similar to the pass that we were talking about last week where howell was trying to hit um Jahan dotson i think it was on the first drive and josie jewel the linebacker for the broncos broke it up anyway i think the bigger takeaway from that was that howell and i think this is the big thing that i really worry about coming out of this game howell was just shell-shocked for the vast majority of this game. I think for the first quarter or so, he was generally, he was a, he was fine, by and large. I mean, if you remember, he had that teardrop throw that he dropped into Samuel, uh, to Curtis Samuel, rather, on the first play, rather, um, right after the Buffalo touchdown pass to Gabe Davis. But after he threw that interception when Buffalo went up 13-0, uh, he, he just wasn't, you could see this look of like, I mean, sadness, I don't even know how to describe it on his face. And by the time he threw that fourth interception in the fourth quarter, the look on his face was akin to someone whose dog died. I mean, he just looked depressed, miserable, defeated, whatever word you can think of. And I think really to me, whether Howell can shake off today's game and bounce back from this miserable outing is the only question that really should be talked about heading into next week's game against Philadelphia. I mean, he gets beaten to a pulp every single game. Again, I mentioned the 19 sacks, whether it's the offensive line's fault or his or the combination, which it is, it, there's equal blame to be laid everywhere. The fact that he's just getting pounded and pounded and pounded, and with today that him just handing the ball to the other team on top of being you know, pulverized, that can't be good for his psyche. And if the coaches accomplish nothing, they've got to instill that proverbial amnesia that everybody always talks about that it was one game you know he talked about in his post-game conference that you can't just flush it you have to go back and look at the film but he cannot lose that gunslinger mentality you know there was the thing about Rivera keeps saying about Howell is that oh he forgets it and he's so good at forgetting you know that he'll never make the same mistake twice and I think that's going to be paramount in the sense of 
he was just forcing, I don't know whether he was trying to do too much, play hero ball, as the basketball term goes, or just consistently forcing or pressing to make plays. That's where the problems came from. It was seen in many cases he was just trying to transcend the offense and be the guy. And he's whether he's not there yet, whether he's not capable of it, I don't think it's the latter. I think it's just a function of he was trying too hard and it cost him dearly and it cost the team dearly. And whether they can kind of keep his mojo but not – whether they can re-give him his back, his mojo, and make sure that he didn't, you know – doesn't get the yips after this game, but also at the same time kind of just rein him in and understand he's got a wonderful supporting cast around him outside of the offensive line. That is now the core mission for the coaching staff. And I think the big thing about this is that, yes, we played Buffalo. Yes, they're a top five team in the NFL. And yes, we play Philadelphia on Sunday. And those who know me best, and I talked about this in the podcast we did last week about um, of the upcoming games, I don't think the Eagles are as impressive as everybody says they are. And my friends will know where I'm going with this. I think Jalen Hurts is, I'm going to come out and say it publicly, really, 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 really overrated, but another conversation for another day. I think Philadelphia is a much more winnable game than the Buffalo game is. I'm not saying that with the retrospect uh, perspective of getting our ass kicked by Buffalo today. I said that before the game. And Irrespective of how you feel about the upcoming opponent in Philadelphia this weekend, there are three very winnable games coming up after that. So even if we were to lose to the Eagles, there is the road to 5-2 and two about halfway through the season is very clear. And it's all going to be contingent on how much we're able to bounce back from this miserable outing. I don't want to dive into the game because there's really not much else to talk about. We turned the football over, and if Howell wasn't throwing interceptions, then it was Anthony, uh, excuse me, Anthony, Antonio Gibson being butterfingers as usual and and taking that per, that one step forward with three colossal steps backward as his entire career has been since 2020. So it was a shit game. It was a shit outing. The, the bigger picture story is, as always, transcends just the 37-3 to 3 drubbing that we took today and how this team is able to bounce back mentally from that, starting with Sam Howell, is everything. Because, you know, for the rest of the game, yeah, you take it, you forget about it, and just move on from it. But this can't be the harbinger of the clock striking 12 and the, and the stagecoach turning into a pumpkin. So... Not much else to say about this. I don't want to drone on about it. Let's just all collectively forget this game ever happened. We're on to Philadelphia as um, barring a line from Bill Belichick. And that's all I got to say about that. So thanks for listening. Short, quick episode. Pat, hope you're not too hungover. And um, hopefully we're talking to you under much different circumstances next week. Thank you for listening to the Hales of the District podcast. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes or wherever you download your podcasts.